You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Diana Settles. Diana, thanks so much for being with me today. Thank you for having me. Diana, today we're talking about your show at March, um, the title of which is A Life Worth Living Would Be a Life Worth Living. Um, I want to congratulate you on the show that just came down. It's a beautiful show. And so to to begin talking about it, maybe we should start with an enigmatic title. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like that might lead its way into the kind of content, but the repetition of that title is really interesting. And, and, and can you tell me a little bit about why that title? Um, the title came up uh, in a conversation with some friends, but... I feel like uh, kind of scrutinizing what aspects of life make the entirety of it feel worth living uh, as like a, a daily practice. And so it felt like an appropriate title um, for the, the body of work that I had been making for the show and uh, just sort of the forces that... Uh, compel me to do the things that I do. That makes sense. And so to talk about some of the themes within the show, these are, you know, almost literally kind of lives being lived, you know, um, also collaboratively, which is part of of the theme here. Um, I mean, I don't know how literally to take that. When when I was looking at the work and, and reading the press release and the writing about the work as well, um, it made me think like we're we're looking at all these individual lives, and and seeing how they're all um, they're all living for very different reasons. They all have very different uh, I don't know qualities, and and that's what was sort of struck me the kind of variety, most likely of of choices that all these people make. Am, am I reading into it too much, or is that part of it? Because I know there's this collective feeling that you're that you're kind of talking about a lot, but I also saw this kind of, this wonder at how individuals can do so many different things. <laughs> no, you're not, you're not reading too much into it at all. Um, I feel like um, a lot of the activities depicted um, are all sort of oriented towards the same sort of like affective relationship towards life and living um, where we get to <clears throat> sort of revel in the uh, abilities that we have to shape the world around us and um, sort of structure our lives <clears throat> in meaningful and joyful ways. Um, and to me, that means uh, not being isolated from others, not being isolated from the things that are made possible through our labor, and uh, not feeling disconnected from all of the things that we interact with on a daily basis, which I feel like is, is mostly the case <laughs> in the way that um, we, we have to live uh, through the the structures that sort of like shape our world around us. Well, the pandemic in particular uh, did that for us, right? We were literally isolated from doing almost anything in any of these paintings, right? We were, mm -hmm. um, I mean, do you feel it kind of relates to that? Because it, it seems almost like 
to me, you know, being a post-pandemic person, kind of, these are sort of the opposite of the pandemic. This is literally like together, outside, um, and something much more. Do you think it kind of comes out of the pandemic that way? or? Um, well, I feel very fortunate. I, um, I actually live on a farm in Atlanta, and um, when the lockdown started, uh, my partner and I and our neighbors – um, we got much more, in, uh, much more involved in things that were happening on the farm. My my partner is actually in charge of the vegetable production, and um, and so it felt like a really incredible <laughs> way to sort of like uh, occupy very troubled minds uh, during those first several weeks, especially. Um, and so it was a way of being outside. It was a way of learning new things and also sort of like understanding, uh, understanding the world in, in a different capacity than uh, what I really, really had before. Um, and so it was, a, it was this really incredible means of uh, shaping the land that we're living on and like understanding the growth patterns and cycles of the plants that we're working with and also having to confront failure in a really um, real and particular way and accept that as part of learning and part of doing anything. Um, And so, I I mean, that a lot of the the scenes depicted like – growing things and processing food and, you know, making cider and and things like that are uh, very, uh, like, true depictions of things that I do with friends and loved ones. Um, And these are are all activities that happened during the pandemic um, at the farm, essentially. um, Some of them. I mean, I, I guess we're still living through a pandemic. Um, Right. So... Yes, um, in in that in some ways, um, some of the some of the compositions are kind of exactly as these things had happened, and others are sort of more um, almost like a collage or something, sort of collapsing multiple moments into one, um, and others are potentials um, that maybe haven't happened exactly. Uh, in you know specific locations um like a, yeah, that a makes lot sense. of i mean, I mean it, it, it struck me as i'm sorry to interrupt it as a kind of like utopic almost experience you know that's initially how i mm-hmm. I, I read these as kind of um uh what's, what's the word but yeah utopic but but you know not in a kind of remote way in a way that's just about like hope um they 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 all emanate a kind of even even when you know, we could say they are critiquing something. They they all seem to be about about this tremendous hope. And, and I don't know if that was a very tra- – it sounds like a very transformative experience you had or having at the farm, um, but that's that's part of it, right? It's a whole outlook on, on, on life in some way, as the, as the title reflects. Yes, definitely. Um, I think that it's, uh, it's interesting – People, uh, a lot of people had, 
sort of reacted to, um, in their minds, I think, like to disparate sort of feelings embodied in the show, um, some of which were much more idyllic or utopic, as you were saying, um, the, the more sort of quiet um, like uh, group endeavor paintings versus some that felt more dynamic or, or violent or something. And um, the argument that I have for that is, is that they're both, you know, the, the presence of one is necessitated by the other um, in order to have these moments of calm and sort of like, uh, collective, collectively, like, elaborating, like, joy and leisure um, that necessitates, like, a, a different sort of orientation towards life and in terms of um, the ways that we understand um, ourselves as being staked to a place and staked to what happens to the place, I mean, in the broadest sense, to the world. So this, you know, this experience that you're going through, the farm and that the world is going through, you know, in, in, in some ways these are, you know, feel political that way, right? This is, this, is, this is about our situation. This is about, like, what we do to make our situation better. Is that, is that, is that going too far or, or you know, can no, it not at all. that that's way? Not, this is a, that's yeah. not going too far. <clears throat> I, I think that it's, we have to, we have to understand where we're at <laughs> in the world. Right. And I mean, in so many ways, things are getting worse every day. And, you know, if we're to kind of accept that as the faith that we have, I mean, I, I can't imagine something bleaker. <laughs> um, and so, you know, it, it's the things that I'm looking for and the things that to me, create a life worth living or are figuring out ways to live in common and shape, shape the things around us have, have just more control and investment over uh, all of the aspects of, of how we spend our time, including the things that we're eating, the, the ways that we're moving our bodies, the ways that we're relating to others. Yeah, that's so that's so interesting. And so it sounds like there were several different takes on the show, as you were saying. Different people really experienced the kind of um, I don't want to say messaging, but the the narrative in in different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And how do you see the, the the? I mean, you see a few different narratives in here as well, right? There's um, there's the the writing that was done about your show, which was very beautiful by Rona uh, Lorimer, um, mm-hmm. which also talks about it in a, in, in a slightly different way. Um, I mean, it is talking about just what we're talking about, but that, you know, um, but these are, that these were almost, you know, chronologies. These are, uh, you know, kind of, that's what's made me think that this is about hope and this is about um collaborative work almost, you know, uh, mm-hmm. not just mm-hmm. between you and the, and, the, and the painting or these scenes, but uh, almost like everything's collaborative, right? This is what's happening on the farm. This is what you're, this is life. This is actually what's going on. This isn't a remote idea, mm-hmm. which is kind of unusual in itself, right? 
I guess, I guess so. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, yeah, that it's, that, it's, that it's so direct like that. That's very kind of, this is tied directly to your life, I mean. So, so you know, maybe I should ask, so, you know, what is, what is next? What's happening on the farm? How is the just experience of doing what you're doing evolving? Because that's part of what's happening in these works and that we're talking about, right, that your experience there, like you say, the pandemic's ongoing, your experience on the farm is ongoing. So what's happening now? Like, what, what are you learning or what's happening on the farm? Well, right now we're in a, a big period of transition. Um, you know, it's fall. We're heading towards winter rapidly. So there's turnover of the, of the plots. Um, this year I ha- I've grown um, a lot of indigo for pigment. Um, I'm starting to learn about making paint um, so that I can feel more connected to the entirety of that process. Like I, I feel always interested in, in trying to understand as much of what I'm using as possible um, and, and shift the experience of just, you know, going to the store and, and buying whatever paint exists there. Um, so it's, it's been a very, very different thing to, <laughs> to grow things. Right. Um, that's so cool. So actually, I just finished. Um, I just finished the last fermentation of my indigo crops uh, for the year, and then after we get off the phone, I'm going to sort of uh, finish that. You you um, skim the liquid that you fermented all of the plants into, and um, the all of the indigo plants. At the bottom. We're, we're talking mm-hmm. about the indigo plants. Okay, so go on. Yeah, mm-hmm. fermented. You skim it. That is. Fascinating to me. Yeah, go on, and, and then what? <laughs> um, and then you're left with sort of a sludge, and you dry that out. And then um, actually just right before we started talking, um, I, I got a package um, of supplies for paint making. So I have a mortar and pestle, and I'll, I'll grind the pigment down. And then I have a mueller, and I'll mix it with a medium, and then I'll have blue paint. Um, so that's <laughs> a very exciting um, process and like undertaking that I'm about to to take on. Um, I I help run a space uh, that I started over six years ago now called Hilo Press, um, and we have shows every month. Um, and so. We've got one up right now curated by a friend named Aaron Walker. It's a, a big group show called Anything Could Happen and It Could Be Right Now. Um, we're getting ready for the next show. We have some screenings coming up. Um, oh, that's exciting. So tell me a little bit about that group show. That sounds great. I like that theme. Um, is, is that a theme? Does it relate to something in particular in the works in that show? It does. Um, all of the artists in in the show um, are they're very open to sort of the materiality of what they're they're using. Um, there are a couple artists. There's, there's one artist named Thomas Kong from Chicago, and he runs a convenience store that's been described to me as uh, one that 
becomes less <laughs> less functional as a convenience store every day and, and more functional as a studio. And, and he's just sort of constantly making um, these collages out of whatever materials he finds. And I think that there, there has to be thousands, if not tens of thousands of them at this point. Um, but there's a, a large uh, selection of those in the show. There's a woman who lives here in Atlanta named Gigi um, who has this incredible uh, sort of jungle of these birdhouses that she's made. She calls them birdhouses. Uh, I'm not sure that they like would register quite like that um, without that direction. Um, but she's made a few of them uh, that she's installed here on... Uh, the farm, and uh, we just had we had a performance by another Chicago artist um, named Jesse Malman, um, and then a shadow puppet performance by two artists from Cincinnati, Lizzie Duquette and Sarah Kane, um, and yeah, this this sort of like. Um, magpie-like compulsion uh, to pick up new things and integrate them with uh, whatever piece is being worked on is, is like a uniting thread throughout the show. That sounds really exciting. I'm so glad we talked about that. So I'll, I'll, um, I'll ask to put links in here too so listeners can can learn more about that show and upcoming shows. I, uh, thanks so much, Diana. I want to ask you one more question, which is off-topic. What are you reading at the moment? Um, currently, I am reading um, a book of essays by Irene Silt called The Tricking Hour. Um, she just released um, that book and another book of poems uh, called My Pleasure, on Deluge Books. Uh, I just got them in the mail a few days ago, but they're really incredible. Um, I've also been reading a book on the Zod and Notov, um, which was translated by Kristen Ross and compiled by the Movies Troupe. Um, and what else? I'm, I'm a, very much a non-monogamous reader. Um, <laughs> I'm kind of always flipping through different things. Um, I just finished reading Communal Luxury by Kristen Ross um, about the, I think the subtitle of that is The Political Imaginary of the Paris Commune. Um, and all of these things are sort of, um, I, I, I consider my reading practice to be uh, integrated into my painting practice and the ways that I feel inspired by those things and um, reminded of sort of my place in this long struggle towards this orientation towards life and living um, in the same sense that a lot of what I read is. Diana, I want to thank you so much for talking with me today. I really appreciate your time and, and your beautiful show in March. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.